the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to The Ride Home, sponsored by Tesla. It's our brand new name here on The Ride Home. The Ride Home is sponsored by Tesla Motors, and uh, we are sporting brand new Teslas. Uh, they're in the parking lot there right now, so congratulations. What? You, did you oh. not get that email? Wait, it's April Fool's. I just got it. Hold Guys, on there. Hold on. you. The ride home sponsored by Tesla. And, you know, and Mike, just before we came there, he did say uh, big news here today in Steeler Nation that uh, Antonio Brown's coming back to the Steelers. One year deal. One year contract. That's right. One year deal. Listen, you guys, I bought that. I bought that 100%. I can't believe how annoying you both are. <laughs> that was great. I totally right home. bought that. Yeah. Happy April Fool's Day to you. Mm-hmm. How are things? How are things? I, I would ask. Well, you. I'm a little shaken from it. Oh, yeah. Are you shaken by the uh, the warning of no outside activity uh, okay. this evening? Okay, I don't understand that. What, what I have never in my life in any meteorological forecast heard outdoor activities Wait. are not recommended. It snowed about one one sixteenth of an inch, perhaps, and all of a sudden, right. I mean, stay we, inside. Listen, Everyone, stay inside. Had, well, there were times when we had, like, you know, two feet of snow on the ground, and it was nine degrees. Don't go outside tonight, they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know that we've fallen off the cliff when media informs us oh, stay inside on gosh. april 1st because apparently a b and the teslas listen are i think a i'm an, having a weird dream it's between mike telling me that a b signed you telling me the tesla thing and the guy on the meteorological forecast mm-hmm. telling me i shouldn't go out right okay well let's go somewhere you can trust All which right. is always uh, kathy emmons and her news gathering <laughs> skills with the top four at four. Well, I don't know if you can trust me or not, but I'll tell you right now, it's Thursday, April 1st. It's April Fool's Day, which is why I just succumbed to some probes. Number one, President Joe Biden traveled to our fair city yesterday to unveil a $2.3 trillion plan intended to revive the nation's pandemic-battered economy through what? New infrastructure and transportation-related projects. According to the Trib, Biden deemed his newly released American jobs plan to be the greatest American investment, quote, since we built the interstate highway system and the space race decades ago. Flanked by a banner reading, quote, build back better. Biden addressed a small gathering of invited guests, politicians and news reporters seated in chairs spaced more than six feet apart. Don't you worry, all Mm. of you. Inside a large warehouse at the Carpenters Trading Center in Collier. Are you relieved, John, that they were, the chairs were six feet apart? Bring it on. I mean, Aren't you, you glad that was part of the article? Let's uh, have some infrastructure there, but do it uh, so socially distanced as you build the roads. Socially distanced right. infrastructure. 
I hear. Okay, yes. According to the Wall Street Journal, George Floyd's girlfriend of several years, Courtney Ross, battled tears as she testified in court about her relationship with Mr. Floyd, including their struggles with opioid addiction. Quote, it's something we've dealt with every day. It's not something that comes and goes, said Ms. Ross, who wore a necklace that spelled Floyd. She said she last saw Mr. Floyd the day before he died in an altercation with Minneapolis police, including former officer Derek Chauvin, who is on trial for murder after restraining Mr. Floyd by holding a knee to his neck for more than nine minutes. Number three. Six months after getting a second dose of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine as part of a 46,000-person clinical trial... Good news is volunteers remain more than 90% protected against symptomatic COVID-19 and even better protected against severe disease. USA Today reports that according to this study, there were also no serious safety concerns among the 12,000 volunteers who are at least six months past their second dose, according to newly released findings. Many, however, did have the typical short-term side effects such as fatigue and sore arms. The study also showed that the vaccine is effective, is effective, did you hear me, is effective against a virus variant called B1351, first identified in South Africa. And number four, the Pirates kicking off the season, the actual season, with an opening day game today against the Chicago Cubs in the Windy City at Wrigley Field. Uh, first pitch was a 220 with Chad Cool on the ground. On the ra- on the on the ground, he was on the ground, but I meant the mound. I just couldn't say it correctly. Anyway, um, last I checked was about five minutes ago. Pirates were ahead three two in the top of the fourth, and that is your top four. The four. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Do you Opening hear that day. thing that Biden had uh, this banner? Build back better. That's hard well, to say. It is, yeah. A little automotopia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who, who was uh, who sold who sold seashells down by the seashore? She, she, she sells. Did. How about the big black bug? But the big black bean made the big black bean bleed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never heard that one. Haven't you? Oh, that's no. a yeah. Beat about a boat about a boat about a boat about a beat about a boat a boot boot booty doodly do. What is it? Build what is it? It's build back better with Biden. Build back better with Biden. All right, okay, fine. I mean, I listen. Clearly, uh, you look at the city of bridges here in uh, Western Pennsylvania. We could use a little help, right? Heck, you want to spend some money helping these bridges? That's a mess. I'll be happy to get it. Now, how do you feel about listening to a pirate game, a real one? Uh, I'm very good about it, quite honestly. They've had a couple base running blunders so far. Two errors the Bucks have had. Yeah. Uh So one just before I had to shut it off, mm-hmm. I was kind of trying to do a lot of things to get prepared for the show. Um, but they are still ahead three two. I look forward to attending the first game in near two years. Wouldn't April that be great? Um, well, okay. So because we are not season ticket holders in any way, shape, or form, my guess is at some point later on in the season, right as uh, things open up, uh, we'll be going to see a few games. There's no doubt. Does about that mean it. me and you? Yeah, I'm all I'm all for it. Listen, I'm all about it. Yeah, Duffy, you in? Let's go. Eh. Come oh, on. God, don't even bring me your negative attitude. Sorry. You're not going to go see a game, a pirate game? No. I, what, because you're can't. afraid or you just have no, no interest? No, I'm not afraid. I just, uh, it's. Where's Duffy? I can't oh, get behind. I can't get behind my nutting. I just can't get behind him. I'm sorry. Mike. It's not about nutting. It's about the love of the game. Okay, now, John. Oh, but when you pay for a ticket. We have. Yeah, it, we've it goes this, to him. We've yeah. had the same argument. You've been on Mike's side, and I've been on the side. Well, it's opening day, so I'm okay. just hungry to go and sit okay. and enjoy some sunshine and watch a little baseball. Great. Does it go and Bob Nutting? Is he the big evil guy? Whatever. 
the tradition is let's go for your home team, root for the Bucks, and enjoy ourselves, right? Have a nice cold beverage, sit in the sunshine, maybe catch a foul ball. It sounds pretty good to me. You can't, you can't wait in line for food anymore. Whatever. But I'll okay. bring my own. Okay, what about this? You guys go, and I'll yeah. hang out on the North Shore. Okay. What? Just be, be all disgruntled. But you'll, you'll, but all of a sudden, you'll be like our chauffeur or something. Yeah. Okay, where, Let's call our driver. Right, where's Duffy? <laughs> I'll, how about I'll go like – I'll go out on the outfield wall and I'll wave to you okay, when you're <laughs> okay. like out of the stadium. Hey, Mike. Hi. Like I'm on the good ship lollipop. Hi, Mike. You know what'll be good is trying to determine who's on the team. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a bunch of no names, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's okay. It's a, We're going to be a bad team. We know that. The The thing is though, just to go and enjoy yourself. And Who cares? You're going to watch some baseball. Park. I mean, it's got to be fine. good. I can't believe this program started with both of you doing an April Fool's thing. I can't believe it. I can't believe you're and so And I also gullible. cannot I believe that I just completely went with you. Yeah, it was like we were like, went fishing. All of a sudden, this big trout opened her mouth. Like, well, yeah. Antonio Brown and the ride home sponsored by Tesla. Right? <laughs> Fabulous. Jeez. All right, let us like, take a break. We'll get underway. We have more serious uh, work to do here. Uh, in a few minutes, looking forward to Sheridan Voise, who joins us from the UK in the wilderness. In the wilderness. We'll talk about that next. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk for Word FM. WORD. Based on the book by Colin Smith, Heaven, How I Got Here is the story of the thief on the cross. This is it. This is the day I die. Told in his own words, the thief looks back from heaven on the day that changed his eternity. Jesus, I said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Don't miss Heaven, How I Got Here. The series continues tomorrow morning at 9.30 here on 101.5 WORD. Are you the type of person that values hand-built quality? Do you shop with local businesses because you know your purchase supports your neighbors? Or maybe you research before making a purchase because you know better than to trust the marketing hype. If any of this sounds familiar, you just might be an original Mattress Factory customer. At OMF, we value our amazing customers and work hard to exceed their expectations every day. Visit an OMF store near you or OriginalMattress.com to learn more. At the Original Mattress Factory, we know better than anyone that the mattress industry is full of myths. Mattress companies spread misinformation to mislead customers about their features and prices. One of those myths is that two-sided mattresses are old-fashioned. Today's mattresses don't need to be flipped and rotated, they say. But today's one-sided mattresses just aren't as durable. That's why OMF still hand-builds two-sided mattresses, because it's what's best for our customers. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. are singing it is a prayer from the passover meal the seder we're asking god to make peace on earth just like there is peace in his heaven shalom hi i'm abraham sandler congregational leader of rock of ages messianic jewish congregation i'm here to invite you to our passover seder jewish or gentile follower of jesus or not everybody is welcome 
At the Seder, we remember how God saved us from slavery long ago, and we ask him for his peace as we deal with today's troubled world. Join us and see how the many traditions of the Passover table point to the Lamb who is our peace, Yeshua, Jesus. All are welcome. There is no charge to join us on Saturday, April 3rd. More information at rockofagesmjc.org. That's rockofagesmjc.org. Businesses that run like clockwork establish routines they trust. That's why over a million companies rely on Cintas. We'll help you protect employees and customers with essential safety supplies, inspect your fire protection systems and devices, hygienically launder your uniforms, and keep you well-stocked with the leading hand sanitizers and disinfecting wipes. Learn how Cintas can help you open your doors with confidence. Oh, I'm ready! Visit Cintas.com and get ready for the workday. I don't know about you, but this last year, have you been lost a lot? Have you just wandered around sometimes, you know, distance from God or from those you love, of course, physically, or just, you know, from your own innate sense of self? You kind of think, what, what is going on? It, it was hard to sort of grasp onto something that had metal, that something that you could invest in, that you could trust. I'll just speak from my own perspective here. Sheridan Voisey is with us. He is a regular guest on our show, a writer, a speaker, a broadcaster, here today to talk to us about being lost in the wilderness. Hi, Sheridan. Hey, John. Hi, Kathy. Gosh, and just what you've said there, I can say, yes, I felt a little bit lost over these last few months. I, I would like to know anybody who hasn't felt a bit lost. Uh, if so, can you get in contact with us? Because I'd like to know what supplements you're taking <laughs> because I want some. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so... It it's the pandemic, it's uh, the loss of a job, it's a new diagnosis, it's the loss of a loved one, it's uh, having to move, it's whatever it is. Everybody's wilderness looks a little different. Um, right. So now the wilderness we're talking about for people who are listening who aren't familiar with the uh, the scriptural story, um, let's fill them in. So the the Israelites wandered in the wilderness. That kind of gives us a metaphor for kind of the the spiritual or psychological places that we could be in. So Sheridan, take us back. Yeah, you think about that um, that backstory, and so you know um, Moses and uh, the children of Israel have been kind of liberated from Egypt, and then they go on this little journey. You know, the scholars say that really the journey to the quote promised land really could have been done in maybe about ten, twelve, fourteen days or so, wow. but it turned out to be a forty year journey as they kind of went around in circles and went this place and that place. And then finally, the time was right for them to move into the promised land. And, you know, it really does turn out to be an amazing metaphor for our our physical lives, our spiritual lives. Certainly, it's a biblical metaphor for everything that Jesus went through. You see, right at the beginning of his ministry, what does he do? He is led by the Spirit out into the wilderness where he fasts for 40 nights and 40 days. Um, and so he has that experience of reliving the Israelites' journey just in that one moment, being tempted in the same way that they were tempted and yet coming out uh, faithful to the end. But of course, then there is the second wilderness that he goes through, which if we were to jump back in time, just imagine we were to zoom back and watch the events of Easter happen in real time. Well, within a few hours from tonight, you know, there would be the Last Supper. 
and then there would be the moving out to the Garden of Gethsemane, and there would be everything that follows then, and Jesus would enter another wilderness. And you know, I think that's just a great invitation that then when we go through our, our own wilderness journeys, for all of those causes you've mentioned and more, uh, we know that there is already somebody who's entered the wilderness, been through it, and has come out the other side. Okay, so if Jesus here on earth was lost in his own wilderness, when we go through our own wilderness, and of course, what's interesting, Sheridan, as you're saying is, you know, Jesus went through one lost wilderness, kind of found his footing, and then followed on to another chapter in the lost wilderness. If it happened to Jesus, it's going to happen to us repeatedly. So good news, bad news, right? Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked before about the wilderness that my wife and I went through. And for us, it was infertility. And it was 10 years trying to have a child that was the promised land for us. And we never reached the promised land. We never got it. And for somebody else listening, it might be the marriage that they've always wanted. Uh, It might be the career they've always wanted. Some kind of wilderness. And you feel like the wilderness for us is that barren place between longing and fulfillment where you kind of wander and journey and search, but you never seem to be able to reach that promised land. Uh, And as the book of Hebrews says, John, just as you're kind of touching on there, everything that he's kind of gone through, well, that gives him empathy because then he can deal with our situation too. And of course, then there's a whole level of this on top of this, which is our own wrongdoing, our own sinful actions, which take us into a, a wilderness of you know, separation from God and separation from other people and separation from our own very selves very often. Um, and all of that is wrapped up in this amazing Easter moment, which begins, you know, in the church calendar, it begins tonight, really. Mm-hmm. When we're in our own wilderness, uh, this is at least what has been my experience, Sheridan, is it's hard to see somebody else's. I mean, you can know it in your head, but it's almost like you don't have enough, at least I felt like I didn't have enough emotional space to recognize someone else's. That didn't mean that I was trying to denigrate anyone else's. It's just that it be, I guess what I'm saying is it's an overpowering moment mm-hmm. um, and it kind of takes all your reserve. And so for people out there who are, who are in a wilderness moment, um, I guess I just want to say, I, I remember that overwhelmed feeling. I remember of just you know, feeling like, was I ever going to get out of it? Was there an end to it? Yeah, it really can. I mean, I was talking to somebody today and um, they were saying, well, thanks for the reminder because I've been in the wilderness a long time. And sometimes it's hard Mm -hmm. to ever think that it's going to end in some kind of way, you know. And look, the fact is that this is a broken world and this is a tough world. And gosh, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could just be here and say, you know what, within a few hours, within a few days, everything will be fine for you. (laughs) Sometimes it's not. Sometimes actually it's very difficult and that wilderness is a time of of draining and so you don't have very much to give. And, you know, it's kind of nice when you can just give yourself a little bit of space in that. But, you know, there really is that that note of hope that I think that the Mm -hmm. Easter message gives. You know, I was supposed to speak um, via Zoom just as we're, doing now both broadcasting on air but also via facebook or wherever we are now i was supposed to kind of zoom in to speak at a church two sundays ago and they'd given me the topic of joy and uh a couple of days before i was supposed to to speak they lost one of their members of their church to covid and paul was his name he was only in his mid-30s he was young he had a young wife two very young children he was fit he wasn't ill 
Uh, everybody was expecting him to pull through. You can imagine that that was no time to talk about joy. That was time to talk about the wilderness, mm -hmm. talk about that experience. Because, you know, there was, well, we prayed. We prayed faithfully. We were expecting that he was going to pull through. What happened with that? So in a case like that, well, they don't have Paul coming back straight away. Their promised land, as much as they would all love it and wish it, is not going to happen. But I think this is the key thing for us to remember in this time in this time in the church calendar when we remember Easter, we remember what Jesus has done, is that, yes, everything starts tonight in terms of all the horrible wilderness experience that Jesus will go through. He'll be betrayed by his friends who can't even stick around and pray with him. And he's about to kind of face his worst moment. Within a few hours from now, if we were there, uh, Judas is going to arrive with the tribe. And uh, then Jesus is going to be arrested. And then the trial is going to happen overnight. Jesus won't sleep now for another few days. Uh, he hasn't slept for a whole, you know, 24 hours probably before now. And now it's going to continue on. And then uh, by tomorrow morning, he's going to be crucified. But Sunday morning, those rumors start to scatter around. And by Sunday evening, the wilderness the disciples have been in, the wilderness of grief and loss and everything going upside down because they thought Jesus was going to fix it all immediately is, of course, flipped upside down when he reveals himself to them. And, you know, we've talked about this before. We wait until that final time mm -hmm. when all is made well. We wait until that final time when he comes back and restores everything, makes everything new. Um, in the meantime... There will be those moments that we are able to minister and serve other people in the midst of our wilderness in a way we otherwise never, ever could. That's been the personal experience that I've had for Merrin and myself with infertility and other things that actually God equips you, just as he did in Israel's day, for um, a new understanding of who he is, <clears throat> a new understanding of who you are. Uh, in fact, it's in the wilderness that God reveals himself to be father. Mm, he, that's mm -hmm. nowhere else in scripture until you get to the book of Deuteronomy. So it's mm -hmm. in the wilderness we discover big things about God, and then we discover ourselves as children of God. And it's in the wilderness that Jesus kind of came out, that first wilderness, and then started his mission. And certainly that's a time that we can then have a brand new mission, a new transition to um, a new life given to us as well. So yes, there are times when our own wildernesses are incredibly draining, but you may wait and see that even if you don't get what you wish for in its original sense, you might start to see God doing very surprising things through you as you wait. That's really excellent. That's really good news to hear on this Monday, Thursday, Sheridan. Sheridan Voise is with us. Look from online at SheridanVoise.com. So Sheridan, uh, this day you're talking about, right? I mean, as you're saying, the timeline is that in a little bit, Jesus will be in the garden. And the disconnect between that longing and fulfillment, I mean, Jesus is so afraid that he is so anxious, he's sweating blood. Mm. I think, you know, in the heartbreak and the, the disconnect in our own lives, we've all experienced that. So, I mean, it's just a good thing to think, well, if Jesus was there, uh, give me peace, Lord. And, and not that I, you know, I... Do I want to suffer? No. Do I need to suffer? It's just part of the human condition. So if God's been there before us, then when this is all said and done and our earthly ties are ripped away and we are with the Lord, hopefully someday soon, then it all will be right and well. But boy, that journey, 
I mean, mm. if Jesus is sweating blood, then what hope do we have? Gosh, you know, and that speaks to maybe the listener who's with us and they're suffering from anxiety or depression. Um, sometimes we can kind of go, oh, gosh, if only I was stronger. Um, mm-hmm. If only, you know, I was maybe this is something to do with my sinfulness or something along those lines. Again, I spoke to a friend a few days ago, actually, who was feeling like she'd really failed because um, she's a nurse, she's on the front lines, and she was just starting to crumble after a year of, of frontline work with COVID, everything okay. over here in the United Kingdom. And she felt like she she wanted to be the strong woman of God uh, in her ward, who everybody else looked up to. And here she was, she was crumbling, she needed to take some time off. And, you know, it was a really special moment as we, as actually a home group kind of went through uh, just this very exact same passage of talking about Jesus uh, on that Thursday night going through Gethsemane. And there he is, he's in, quote, anguish. He's in anxiety. He's in a sense of depression. Uh, and this is a sinless son of God. I think there is something freeing about that, that mm-hmm. in the midst of these difficulties, um, some of these things that we experience are not down to our fallenness or our sinfulness. They're actually part of going through a very horrendous and difficult time. None of it, of course, is bad as what Jesus has gone through. But yes, uh, sweating drops of blood. I mean, if we're to take that literally, I know there's a technical word for the medical condition, but it's talking about extensive stress on the system that would even force the blood vessels to actually pop and then kind of make their way through the skin. That's excessive stress. And this is a man without sin. So we're talking about stresses and strains that come in the world that Jesus has gone through um, and will carry us through as a result. We are not dealing with somebody who's far off. All the other religions of the world (laughs) have a very distant God who is far away and holy and transcended, Um, or either, you know, very nebulous and maybe a part of us or something. But actually, you know, here's the revelation of the the God who Jesus came to reveal is that he's a God who's intimately involved in our lives and who comes and and gets his hands dirty and gets his forehead bloody and goes through all of those things with us, who goes through the, goes through, the experience of having those friends not be able to to pray with him. Um, you know that he goes back three times and he comes back and says, look, you know, wake up, wake up, pray. And then he goes back a second time. Gosh, you're asleep again. Can you not even pray with me? Disappointing. And then he comes back a third time. And the third time he actually doesn't even wake them up. <laughs> he uh, just kind of goes back and he prays once more himself. And then Judas and the tribe comes. Um, even in the midst of them letting him down, he kind of is gracious and lets them sleep a little bit longer. Uh, I I can find myself as one of the characters in all of the story, yes. I think, of Easter, and you probably can too. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I would have been Peter denying him. Yeah. Of course. I'm pretty sure I would have been one of those disciples yeah. falling asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to be one of the disciples who was there on the Sunday night and they touch mm-hmm. his wounds. Yeah. That's There's fabulous. no point in denying the wilderness because it's very real. There's also no point in denying the hope that Jesus gives to us on Easter. So Sheridan, thank you so much for being That's with us really today. A real word. pleasure. Sheridan is live from the UK. Sheridan, just give us a little um, update. It seems like there's a lot of good news in the UK as far as the coronavirus goes, as opposed to Western Europe. Uh, you talk about how oh, things are going. Yeah, gosh. Um, Europe is kind of dropping the ball in so many ways. Yeah. Um we can say for once <laughs> things are going well here in the United Kingdom. So um, our daily death level is is dropped significantly. We're somewhere around maybe 50 
uh, people were losing a day. And every single death, of course, is horrendous for the family and friends and all of us as a community. But my goodness, that's better than a thousand a day that we were having recently. So that's good. Um, we've got wonderful vaccination rates. Um, so we're on the right track. A couple of days ago, we were then allowed to see people in our backyards, no more than six, but we're allowed to do that. So we've got a few people coming around uh, wow. tomorrow afternoon and Saturday. So finally, we've been without people for months and months and months. We can have a few people in our backyard to say hello. Wonderful. Well, Sharon, well, we'll it's be always there. a pleasure. John, yeah, we're going to the backyard, to, right? I'm waiting for both of you to come. Yes. Okay. The, uh, what the Concord is no longer operating. So <laughs> right, yeah, we'll, it's going to take longer. Sorry. Sheridan, well, thank you for what's left of your Monday, Thursday, and as you deep dive into Good Friday, and of course, uh, Saturday, and the celebration on Easter Sunday. God bless you, and uh, always a really pleasure for your preaching and teaching here on the show. Always good to be with you guys. Thanks. Thank you. Sheridan Boise, easy to Some find online. pairs simply can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, or composite. To show their appreciation to word listeners, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this station. Get 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off, backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Hey, you've all helped build my pillow into the amazing company that it is today. And so now Mike Lindell, he wants to give back. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now, click on the new radio listener specials. Listen, MyPillow, it's a really good pillow. I love it. I use it every night. I sleep like a baby. You can get deep discounts on MyPillow mattress toppers, robes, so much more. For example, they're bringing back the BOGO offer. Buy one, get one on Giza Dream Sheets right now. Buy one set, another one absolutely free. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, hit the new radio listener specials. Promo code is WORD. Call 800-391-0954. MyPillow.com, promo code WORD. 800-391-0954. Whether it's offering curbside or next-day delivery for online orders on over 160,000 parts or getting involved in their local communities, when it comes to serving you, Napa's Motor never quits. That's Napa know-how. You could win $12,000 towards a new vehicle for you and another $12,000 for a hometown hero. When you enter the Kindness Challenge, go to wordfm.com to enter the Kindness Challenge today. That's wordfm.com. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORD FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. 
Tonight will turn out clear, breezy, and colder. Limited outdoor activity is recommended. We'll see a low of 22. Tomorrow will be brisk and cold with sunshine and a few clouds. Tomorrow will reach a high of 41. Tomorrow night, clear and cold. Temperatures approaching the record of 21 last reached in 1965. We'll see a low of 23. Saturday, sunshine and clouds, the high 54. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is Maundy Thursday, or I grew up with people called it Holy Thursday, and so which means, of course, tomorrow is Good Friday. Then uh, some people call it Holy Saturday, and then, of course, Easter Sunday. So here we are. This is for most Christians, for a lot of Christians around the world, this is the centerpiece because it is Jesus' slow walk towards the cross. And as our last guest, Sheridan Boise, talked about, there are so many things that are happening today in the Bible uh, with Jesus and his disciples, so many things that really <laughs> changed the course of human history. There's no doubt about that. So it's good to, to know this, to read about it, to commemorate it as this day, Maundy Thursday, uh, holds forth. So Catholic, let's read um, uh, the Bible account of this day, uh, the biblical account of this, from Matthew 26, 17 to 30, all right? On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, go into the city to a certain man and tell him the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The son of man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the son of man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't, reme- you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. That's Matthew twenty six seventeen thirty. There are so many things there which, you know, if you read and study about just so, in, I mean, it's a miracle what happened. Of course, it's a miracle. And you know, I think about this, and when Jesus says, you know, this is my body, take and eat, how many millions of us, if you take the Eucharist on a Sunday or whenever you do, you are the long, long, long line of believers who have raised their hand and said, yes, Lord, right? This is my body. This is my blood. And you take it into yourself. And what I also love, you know, the end of that passage, the night before he died, what did Jesus do? He sang a song. 
I love that Jesus was singing, right? That Jesus knew the impending death, but still he had time to worship God through, through song. What a fabulous account. I mean, you can't make this up, can you? You just can't make it up. It's too incredibly beautiful. Okay. We need to step away. When we come back, it's Dr. Cy Gard. We're going to talk about the science of Easter. You'll hear it from the perspective of a scientist. That's Dr. Cy, and he's up next. It's the Thursday edition, The Ride Home. 101.5 WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekend. And this weekend, we're playing your favorite Easter song. Easter Easter is heard here this weekend. Got an Easter request? Let us know. Call the Word FM request line at 877-349-1015. Brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. This Easter, meet the girl everyone is talking about. You saw God and then brought a dead bird back to life. No, I didn't. God didn't. Sir, do you think you can help me walk again? Did you say a prayer for me? The girl who believes in miracles. It's impossible. I thought he was never supposed to walk again. He wasn't. It was Sarah. Sometimes a little faith is all you need to change the world. Mom, it really was God. The Girl Who Believes in Miracles. From Mustard Seed Production. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggests in theaters this Friday. My best friend is blessed with three kids and a big house. All the kids have their own rooms, but recently, life in that big old house has been different. In an effort to solve kid boredom, my friend bought one of those massive blue tarps and created a full room tent in the spare bedroom. They put each of the kids' mattresses under the tent in the shape of a T. And every night, for now five weeks, the kids have slept with their heads feet apart instead of rooms apart. He says they've never been closer. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And when I see a home, I can't help but see interest rates, escrows, and trying to help listeners pay the least amount possible. But for me, that story was a needed reminder that it doesn't matter whether our homes are big or small. It only matters whether we're willing to enjoy the little things that God gave us today, like a tarp tent. If you happen to be looking for a new place to put up a tarp of your own, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. It's easy and profitable to be kind to others when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Each day for 30 days, we'll post a new act of kindness you can do for others. On May 3rd, you could win $12,000 towards a new vehicle for you and another $12,000 for a hometown hero. See terms and conditions for complete details. You can make a difference in others' lives when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Share your kindness with others. Enter today at wordfm.com. Monday, Thursday edition of the ride home tomorrow. Of course, good Friday, the spiritual, the metaphysical, the incredible things that are happening 
on this day thousands of years ago and still echo to where we are right now as we speak about it on the radio. Cy Gard is with us to talk to us about that. Cy is a biochemist who has taught at NYU, University of Pittsburgh, and Rutgers. He is the author of The Work of His Hands, A Scientist's Journey from Atheism to Faith. And Cy is here to talk to us today about the science of Easter. Hey, Cy. Hello. How are you doing this week? Good, Cy. We're excited. Yeah, we're happy to see you. For those of you who are listening, uh, of course, you're listening probably either at 101.5 Word FM or um, on WPIT. Um, Perhaps you're listening online, but you can also watch the show on Facebook. If you'd like, you can go onto Facebook and go to 101.5 Word FM or The Ride Home with John and Kathy. We're talking to Cy Gart right here on uh, Facebook Live. And um, Cy, we're talking to you about the science of Easter because you're a scientist yourself, biochemist by trade. Um, So do scientists look at holidays differently? (laughs) Not really. I don't think so. Um, But I think it's an interesting thing to talk about because uh, around this time of year, one will uh, often hear, at least online and in in some discussions, things about how it's impossible for the miracle of the resurrection to have occurred. People don't rise from the dead, et cetera, et cetera. And they often use science, quote unquote, as a (laughs) Uh, to buttress this very strange argument that, you know, Jesus did not rise from the dead and it's all a myth. And it's an important issue because, as Paul says in in the New Testament, uh, if if the resurrection didn't happen, you know, there's nothing. I don't remember the exact words, but basically, yeah, what's the point? And if the resurrection did happen, and that's the other way to look at it. How could you not be a Christian? <laughs> so, and so sorry, there you are. I mean, you're very interesting because uh, most of your adult life, you know, you didn't believe in Jesus. Exactly. You're still a working scientist. So I'm sure, you know, whenever the resurrection would come up from time to time, wherever that did, you either, you know, had to laugh or scoff or just roll your eyes. Absolutely right. I, I was among those who said, don't be silly. This is a fantasy. Nobody rises from the dead. It couldn't have happened. It didn't happen you know, end of story. Um, So what changed? Well, first of all, there's, there's two ways to think about this. One is to actually look at the evidence for the resurrection, which is incredibly strong. And I didn't realize how strong the evidence was until I read a number of books. A most recent one uh, is, uh, was actually the subject of a Bible study that we did recently uh, by Lee Strobel, who's mm. quite well known, and it's called uh, The Case for Easter. He, of course, is the writer of The Case for Christ, which is was extremely popular, made into a film. And in that book, and also he quotes uh, some other really you know, well-known scholars like uh, Gary Habermas and, and uh, Mike Lacona and uh, several others, uh, there's a huge amount of evidence that all the sort of conspiracy theories that Jesus didn't actually die or didn't actually rise, which you sometimes hear, they can all be discarded based on the evidence. And some of the evidence is scientific. For example, uh, one theory you'll often hear is that he, well, Jesus Christ didn't really die on the cross. So, you know, he just wasn't feeling well and he lay down and then he got up. A little faint. And that's disproven by the facts that are there. And and the most striking one to me is that in the gospel, it says that one of the soldiers poked a spear into his side and water came out. Mm 
They didn't know at that time what that meant. But we now know that that means that the person is dead. And the reason for this has to do with, uh, has to do with the physiology uh, that, that occurs after death with, you know, clear water looking fluid uh, accumulating in the lungs and in the side and the peritoneum. And then if you poke it, it comes out. But they didn't even know that at the time that the gospels were written. So, you know, this is really strong evidence that Jesus Christ died on the cross. There is no, that whole idea that he, he did not die and he just, you know, so therefore he didn't get resurrected. That's, that's gone. That's, that idea is dead. Uh, And then, so what about the resurrection itself? And, you know, there's no scientific evidence that Jesus rose from the dead. We, we have testimony, we have historical evidence. Uh, some of it outside of the Gospels, and that's all described by other people. But the, the the main argument against the resurrection, which is that no one has ever risen from the dead, no one has ever come back to life, is certainly maybe true. But if it's true, it's the key. The key issue is no one. In other words, no human being. And we know that Jesus Christ was a human being but he was also god incarnate and and that's a one so there's no evidence that people can't rise from the dead that could apply to jesus christ Mm. who was a one time interesting so the prerequisites are different exactly exactly and the definitions are different so you know that's and that's you know when you read c.s lewis i mean the whole idea of a miracle is that it's not something that happens all the time. It's not something that we have lots of evidence for by repeated uh, observations. It's something outside of the natural order, and it's something that God does. And so there's, there's no argument against the resurrection that makes any sense. And, you know, the evidence for the resurrection to me is fairly straightforward, and that is that... Uh, very quickly after these events occurred, there were, there were churches outside of the Holy Land, outside of Jerusalem and outside of Galilee, outside of, of, of Israel. There were churches in Asia Minor. There were people believing in Jesus Christ within, a, within you know, a decade or two. And willing to die for it. And willing to die for it, right? And and knowing that this was the truth, and the, the growth of Christianity was is astounding. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were a million Christians a, a, a hundred years later, or maybe it's two hundred. I, I don't remember the da- the data, but it, it's it that kind of growth. The fact that Paul was writing letters to existing churches. I mean, some he founded, and others he were already there, and that was. That was, you know, a few years after these events. So somehow or other, word spread. And how did it, if it weren't true, it would have just died out. I mean, you know, the eyewitness accounts, more than 500 people saw Jesus or connected with him somehow. So, you know, I I don't want to throw a a Molotov cocktail into this mix, but I I need to do this because I I read about this sometimes and and I lean into this. I mean, 
talk to us for a second. What are your thoughts about uh, the Shroud of Turin? I know a lot of Christians would go, hold on. Now that's, you know, that's a whole other. What do you think about that? I have to tell you, honestly, John, I don't know. I have actually, uh, I lived in Italy for 10 years. And at, at one hmm. point I went to Torino and I, I went to see the Shroud. Yeah. Did you? You saw I, it? And, and I'm sorry? You, you saw, saw the Shroud? Yeah. Oh, it's fabulous. Uh, it, it was, it's a long story, which we don't have time for, but uh, it was incredibly emotional. By that time, I was on the verge of becoming a Christian. I hadn't yet completely okay. you know, committed myself, but it was incredibly moving and emotional. Um, this is many years back when, you know, you could, you could pass by and look at it. Right. Uh, and, you know, I, why, I don't why was it emotional? I can't explain it. I think it's beautiful. I can't explain it. There's something that's beautiful about it and mysterious. Now, yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, I mean I'd love to see it again now. But okay, but what's, right. what's curious to me is that you you thought it was something beautiful before you became a believer. That's right. I mean, I was thinking about it. I, I was having experiences and thinking about the idea of becoming a believer. I've been to churches and... And it was growing on me, but this was one of the many experiences. This is not in my book, by the way. I didn't discuss this, but uh, it was one of the many things that made me really mm. consider. But I can't tell you much about it because, you know, it, it's still confusing to me. In my well, we, and we've had experts on the air, people who have, you know, worked with the carbon dating of it and, and that whole story and, you know, people who were there and, you know, have touched it and seen it super up close. And again, I mean, I don't need the shroud to verify my right. belief that right. Christ right, sure. was born into this world and rose from the dead. Right. However, as a document and the and what it represents and as the an artifact, it, it is fascinating. It is fascinating just because it's so incredibly gorgeous and a deep unknown, a mystery of mysteries. Right. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. It is, and but I also agree with what you just said, John. I I don't if it works, you know absolutely proven unequivocally proven that the shroud of Turin is is a fake it would do nothing to my faith i agree right at the same time i mean so I, you know, the fact this, that it's there <laughs> yeah. and and this it's day pretty you know, interesting this yeah. maundy thursday and good friday I, don't yeah. you i love this journey and so yeah. your perspective very unique and so thanks for being with us to to bring that to the forefront so always a great pleasure yes Good Always to great to be here. Thank you. Sidegard, his work is called The Work of His Hands, A Scientist's Journey from Atheism to Faith. Sidegard. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. You've all helped build my pillow into the amazing company that it is today. And so now Mike Lindell, he wants to give back. You can get deep discounts on all my pillow products. If you go to mypillow.com right now, click on the new radio listener specials. Listen, my pillow, it's a really good pillow. I love it. I use it every night. I sleep like a baby. You can get deep discounts on my pillow mattress toppers 
robes, so much more. For example, they're bringing back the BOGO offer. Buy one, get one on Giza Dream Sheets right now. Buy one set, another one absolutely free. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, hit the new radio listener specials. Promo code is WORD. Call 800 391 0954 mypillow.com promo code word 800-391-0954 hi i'm karen owner of lone star transfer i know most of us are feeling glad to be out of 2020 and you're probably wishing you were out of your unused timeshare for over a decade lone star transfer has been helping people exit their expensive timeshares earning us an a plus rating with the bbb we promise the release of all liability to your timeshare in writing and in a guaranteed time frame for a free consultation call 844-284-4860 or LoneStarTransfer.com. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. It's easy and profitable to be kind to others when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Each day for 30 days, we'll post a new act of kindness you can do for others. On May 3rd, you could win $12,000 towards a new vehicle for you and another $12,000 for a hometown hero. See terms and conditions for complete details. You can make a difference in others' lives when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Share your kindness with others. Enter today at wordfm.com. People's strength, people's fortitude, their will to live is just incredible. You know, uh, being a cancer patient, it doesn't start with remission. It begins a diagnosis whenever you've delivered that news. And so here, 101.5, we present today survivor stories. It's our ongoing storytelling of hope, faith, and courage in the words of patients and caregivers who are living through cancer together. We would encourage you, if you yourself are a survivor, wordfm.com forward slash survivor, tell us your story. And uh, for the privilege of reading that story on the air, we'll give you a gift certificate to a local restaurant and a chance at a nice grand prize as well. Kath? The survivor that we are acknowledging and uh, calling a hero today, Joan M. Cathell, triple positive breast cancer survivor since 2017. And uh, Joan has a fascinating story. She, um, She lived through the experience that countless others have of losing her hair. And just how difficult that was. And then something really amazing happened, um, a thing out in nature uh, that happened that she wrote a poem about. And so, John, I wondered if I could share Joan Cathell's poem with you. Yes, please. Okay. This is what Joan has written to us as her survivor story. It's called The Hair Nest. What was that sound? What could it be? Sounded like the needles falling from Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. When what to my wondering eyes should appear, but my hair lying there in a pile as I feared. I do not want to shave my head. I am not ready. I cried in dread. But we got out the clippers, buzzed it off, wasn't hard. I swept it all up and threw it out in the yard. Goodbye, I said to the hair from my head. Maybe an animal will use it to make its bed. 
I survived, I'm alive, and truly am blessed, and a bird used my hair to build this sweet nest. That is the story of Joan Cathal, triple positive breast cancer survivor <laughs> since 2017. And there's a picture that she has included. She's actually holding a bird's nest, I which mean, some bird made out of her hair. Again, people are amazing. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah, really great. Take a quick break. Come back. More ahead on the 5 o'clock hour of the ride home. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word, Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The OPEC oil cartel and allied countries say they have decided to add gradually back some 200 million barrels per day of oil production from May to July, moving cautiously in pace with the recovery of the global economy in the COVID-19 pandemic. Russia's top diplomat says the country's relations with the U.S. and its allies have hit the bottom. No date has now been set for sending the Russian ambassador back to Washington. Russia recalled the ambassador to the U.S. after President Biden was asked in an interview if he thought Russian President Vladimir Putin was a killer and replied, I do. Two more over-the-counter COVID-19 tests authorized by the FDA that will allow people to test themselves at home. Stocks finishing higher today. The Dow was ahead 171 points. The Nasdaq gained 233. This is SRN News. Hi, it's me, Marsha, at the Springhouse. Did you know Easter's springing up on us? And quickly, too. Do you know what that means at the Springhouse? Well, first of all, it means you can enjoy the freshest, tastiest fried or baked cod every Friday night on the farm. It also means it's time to call and order your Springhouse Easter goodies. Our hickory smoked hams are extra special. We use only real hickory wood from the farm to slowly smoke these old-fashioned treats to perfection. Order a whole or half, and we'll send along cooking instructions, too. Mmm, how about Springhouse scalloped potatoes and homemade applesauce to go without ham? Finish off your meal with a from-scratch Springhouse coconut cream pie or custard pie or a chocolate log cake. Oh, and you can even decorate your table with our adorable bunny breads and eat them, too. Easter also means our annual Springhouse Easter egg hunt and Palm Sunday feast. Check us out at springhousemarket.com for all the details. Celebrate this most joyous holiday at the Springhouse in 84, Pennsylvania. We want everybody to have a level of comfort knowing that they're in a safe environment, that they're in a caring environment, and that their health and well-being is our top priority. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. We are constantly screening both ourselves and patients. I want my patients to know that we are there for them. When they are ready, we are here. You're going to be safe. You're going to be well cared for. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Need cash fast? Figure can help. A figure personal loan is a smart, fast way to get up to $50,000 from the comfort of home. Just go to figure.com and apply online in minutes. You can check your rate without affecting your credit. Whether you need cash for past, present, or future, figure can have you funded in as few as two business days. Stop paying those sky-high interest rates and consolidate debt at a lower interest rate. Just go to figure.com. That's figure.com. Figure Lending LLC. Equal Opportunity Lender. NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Figure.com. 
Need life insurance but have diabetes, high blood pressure, or on anxiety meds? If you're a 50-year-old male, even porky, or with type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of life insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. For affordable term life insurance, call Term Provider and speak with Big Lou at 800-555-1509. 800-555-1509 or visit BigLou.com. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. 800-555-1509. For cancer patients, being a survivor doesn't begin at remission. It begins at diagnosis. Word FM presents Survivor Stories, stories of hope, of faith, and courage in the words of patients and caregivers who are living through cancer together. Share your story at wordfm.com. Survivor Stories, sponsored in part by Young Adult Survivors United and Geneva College. Details at wordfm.com. Tonight will turn out clear, breezy, and colder. Limited outdoor activity is recommended. We'll see a low of 22. Tomorrow will be brisk and cold with sunshine and a few clouds. Tomorrow will reach a high of 41. Tomorrow night, clear and cold. Temperatures approaching the record of 21 last reached in 1965. We'll see a low of 23. Saturday, sunshine and clouds, the high 54. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. This is just full transparency. It's a big decision. It's a hard, it's a difficult, anxious decision to go and see a therapist. Anybody who's ever done this, I mean, you know, you know you're suffering through whatever malady that you may be suffering through and, you know, wrestling and trying to find some reason to, you know, make things right somehow before you finally surrender and go, okay, I, I just need to go talk to somebody. I need to, talk, you know, so I need some wisdom here. I need some good sense. Well, imagine if you did that, all that wrestling and you show up and your therapist is some box like Alexa. It's like artificial intelligence. Well, apparently they're telling us this could be the wave of the future that artificial intelligence will replace human therapists. Kath, how's that sit with you? What do you think? Would that work for you? There is no way. I mean, 0% chance that that would work for me. Really? Why, you think it would work for you? I'm Look, all bets are off here. I, I say that, you know, when you... I don't know. I mean, I don't know. No I have no idea what the science is behind it. It is, I'll, I'll grant you, it seems crazily, uh, patently absurd to go sit, you know, and talk to Alexa about your innermost fears and whatnot. It's preposterous. Here's the deal. Uh, experts believe that AI can make treatment more accessible and affordable. There's okay, accessible. I get that it would make it accessible and affordable. That yeah. doesn't mean it's going to make it good and, and actually effective. I don't know. There's been a severe shortage of mental health professionals since the COVID pandemic. The need for support is greater than ever. I'm reading from a Wall Street Journal article. The algorithms underpinning the endeavors learned by combining large amounts of data generated from social media posts, smartphone, da- smartphone data, electronic health records, therapy session transcripts, brain scans, all those. Okay, so wait, so wait, you're, so your therapist is going to be someone who has ingested social media. It's good on Facebook. 
Okay, forget it. The Wall Street Journal hosted a conversation via email and Google about these issues with uh, directors of digital psychiatric, uh, psychiatric divisions of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. And to a person, now, can you imagine, to a person, they're saying, look, I, I may not want to agree with this, but this is the wave that's coming. Okay, well, that's that might be the wave that's coming, but I think it is no, wait. a gigantic Wait, now, you, you, you yourself, you use a sleep app, do you not? No, I don't use a sleep app. What are you using? You're using that ambient thing. Well, sometimes I put an ambient video on, like the YouTube thing. It's a form of AI. Is, it's AI therapy yeah. right there. Well, no it's, no, it's not AI therapy. No, no, no. It's not AI. It's actually generated by a, I mean, it's a person. It's actual ambient sound that they've captured in a digital way. And then yeah, they're but, replaying it. But it's not, it's not artificial intelligence. But after you fall asleep, the algorithm would take over and provide you with a continued flow of things that you've chosen before. Um, so in some ways, that is AI. Well, I mean, I guess it would pick other videos that I might be interested, other mm, ambient videos that I'd right, be interested right. in watching. Why? But because listen, that is not. No, no, Kathy, you're already doing it. You see, no, 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 I'm not doing it because here's the thing. I've had three. I, I started going to therapy uh, 19 years ago. Mm. I've had three therapists since then. Okay. And part of going to a therapist as a person who believes in Jesus is that you recognize that this is a scientific process that you're in. It's a psychological process, but it's also a spiritual process that you're in. And that there is an actual interaction between somebody's brain in the room with my brain in the room. And that there is growth and change that happens because of that. And I just, I, that is not possible. That will not happen in a digital way. It just can't. I get your point. And I know I sound very sure of myself. Point. No, but... no, it's an excellent point. However, however, we could not have imagined, right, you know, a hundred years ago, the rise of telephones and computers and all that. So I, I don't, I, who knows what the future holds? Maybe there is some great machine learning wisdom that will come our way. I'm just saying, you never know. In the meantime, I mean, you know, I, you know what I use? If I talk to Alexa at all, which I generally annoy, I generally just ignore, I'll say, Alexa, tell me a joke. There we and go. that's about it. That's why right. I get my little. And you know what? Alexa's not all that good at the joke. Either. Not too bad. I mean, it's not bad. The... It's, it's not, not a high bar. Okay. All right. But let me say this. So there, there's already an established shortage of mental health professionals. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how about instead of deciding that AI is our only future in this regard. What if we did some kind of public access campaign about encouraging people to embrace that as a career? You know, the whole social, the social change that came when media invested in talking about seatbelts or talking about smoking or talk, you know, all those PSAs that you hear on the radio, you know, about different things, you know, that kind of thing gets in your head after a while. And yeah. if a culture thinks that, boy, we need more mental health professionals, that would be a great way to do it. Yeah. Get people to, to consider it, what an important, important career path that would be. I agree with that 100%. And to engender the conversations that, you know, focus around empathy and compassion and wisdom, that we would raise up an entire generation of people like that. Especially at a time like this, right? When hopefully- When it's snowing sideways. <laughs> and it's April 1st. Okay. And Antonio Brown is not signed with the Steelers, even though that's what Mike Duffy told me. Yeah, he is. He is. One year. One year deal. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mike Duffy's living in the April Fool's land, and I forgot <laughs> I forgot I was too. The segment's called Who Needs a Therapist? Right? <laughs> and the answer, the answer is, is the answer everybody. Is all, everybody. Everybody. Alexa, exactly. tell me a joke, right? Or solve my life's problems. Yeah, she's not going to solve your problems. Bill Glaze is with us. Pastor William Glaze is going to join us to talk about I'm the death of Bill. Christ. Uh, what does Christ's death mean? I'm asking Bill if he's going to a digital therapist. If the Therapist TV does, it'll be called Bunny. That's up next. WORD. This Sunday, millions will gather to commemorate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But sadly, many will miss the meaning of this decisive moment in history. Make sure you're not one of them. Tune in as John MacArthur shows you the true significance of Easter in his study titled The Divine Drama of Redemption on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. My name is Namrita Singhajral. I am a filmmaker and an immigrant. My film, America's Forgotten, uncovers the unintended consequences of a broken immigration system. The seven-year-old girl died in the desert. This child came from the country of India. I'm living in the child. I can't go to the police. I never expected this journey would lead me to a truth that I never intended to find. A great pillar of the community was killed by a man who had been deported at least twice. Public would be outraged if they knew the truth. I found how much Americans are being lied to regarding our immigration policies at the border. My friends, my industry, even my family, all rallied against the final message of this film. All credits had to be hidden for fear of retribution. If you care about the future of America, you should watch America's Forgotten. Go to SalemNow.com to buy a rent today for additional savings and a promo code FAMILY. SalemNow.com, promo code FAMILY. If you go to our mortgage team's website, you'll find hundreds of testimonials of real Christian radio listeners we've helped. Laura here is a recent friend who is kind enough to share a few words with her local station. I was actually referred to United Faith Mortgage through my mother-in-law. We decided it was time for us to start looking for a house, and I reached out to Kelly. And we found several houses we liked, but, you know, with the seller's market, things kept falling through. But anytime we needed her, she was there for us. She got everything we needed as soon as we asked for it, and she made it work. She made sure that if that was the house that our family wanted, we were going to get that house. They're a wonderful company, and we're just really blessed that we found them in the process, that they helped us get through it, and we are in the home of our dreams, and and our family is so happy. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you'd have to pay before closing. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage lender license number 22672. Receive a $5 rebate by trading up a non-contact thermometer toward an Exergen temporal scanner purchased at any retailer. Fever is a leading symptom of COVID, and using an accurate thermometer has never been more critical. In published studies, no-touch thermometers miss more fevers than they detect. While the new COVID vaccines are becoming more widely available, it is important to make sure you are protected. Monitor for fever with an accurate thermometer backed by more than 80 published peer-reviewed clinical studies. Details at exergen.com, where accuracy matters. Christ died. When you hear that, what does that mean to you? And it's so deep, right? Christ died. What does it mean to us personally, through society, 
in our, in, our, in our lives. What does all that mean? Pastor Bill Glaze is with us. William Glaze is the pastor of Bethany Baptist Church in the Homewood neighborhood here in the city of Pittsburgh. Pastor, welcome back. How are you? Hey, I'm doing fine, and it's always good to be with you and Kathy. It yeah. is good. Good to hear your voice as yeah, well. Yeah, we love to hear your voice every month, Bill. And so tell us about, you know, your, so we're, we've been talking to different people about Easter. Um, people are thinking, you know, a lot of thoughts kind of coming at the story from a different direction. Um, and you're talking, you're thinking about Christ dying. Tell, tell us where, where that comes from. Well, you know, for me, you know, it comes from uh, when I was growing up. And, you know, I used to, uh, well, I, I was one of those uh, Tucson Christians. I went to uh, church two Sundays a year, and that was, or, or as they call them, Christers. Uh, yeah, I went Christmas and Easter. And, you know, I, I, I had a, a form of religion. Uh, and if somebody asked me, and, and, and I, thought of, I thought of this many times, even after I accepted Christ. At that time, if somebody asked me, you know, why did Jesus die on the cross? You know, I would have said he died for our sins because I had just enough education by mm-hmm. you know, being in church uh, here and there to know that he died for our sins. But the problem was, is that I hadn't made it personal. And the fact is, is that it's one thing to know that Christ died for our sins, but it's another thing to take that on personally. And so, you know, I, I would say for me, that's where the, the meditation starts about what Jesus did for me. And, and I begin to you know reflect on that personally. And, you know, as I, as I think about, you know, what he did, you know, uh, theologians have this term that they call vicarious. And the, that actually means that one person suffers in the place of another person. And then, you know, when I think of Christ dying on the cross for all humanity and, and how that uh, he took on, you know, he who knew no sin, if, if, if you can you know, just, you know, fathom this, that, you know, he, he lived this pristine, uh, untainted, undefiled you know, life for all eternity, you know, eternity past. And now all of a sudden, from the time of Adam, you know, to uh, the time when uh, God brings things to an end, that Christ took the sins of all those people and and he took them on himself on the cross and and agonized, you know, on that cross for for our sins. And, And as I think about the fact that, you know, it should have been me that died on that cross, but, you know, God loved the world. And, and, and I, you know, again, I, I say Bill Glaze, that God loved Bill Glaze so much that, that he sent his son to suffer. And as Jesus, you know, hung on that cross and, and, and feeling the, the separation of the Father, you know, and I know there's different thoughts about, you know, why Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But uh, many people believe that, you know, God, uh, could not look upon, you know, the, the, the sin at that time. And so he turned uh, his back on his son. And that was something that Jesus had to do, you know, you know, by himself. And and that's why Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, we're you know, celebrating Monday, Thursday. Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, if it, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And, and he did that for Bill Glaze. And, and each of us could put our name in there when we have made it personal that uh, Jesus died for us. You know, we deserve to spend eternity uh, paying 
in, in, in suffering for our sins. But Jesus took our place on the cross. Uh, you know, there's another term that uh, theologians use, and it's called propitiation. And he, in First John chapter 2 and verse 2, uh, John tells us that Christ is the propitiation for our sins, and not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the world. And, and what does that word propitiation mean? It means to appease or to satisfy. Well, you see, God uh, the Bible says that he's angry with the wicked every day. The Bible says that God's wrath is being poured out uh, from heaven against the unrighteous. And I always like to use this illustration is that there was a truck that was driving down the street. And on the side of it, it had the wrath of God. And two angels were driving this truck. And they were just looking for people who were sinners to run them down. And, uh, and, and, and so, you know, they would, they said, Hey, there was a center right there. And the truck will speed up and, 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 and just run them over. And, and somebody said, Hey, look, there goes Bill Glaze. He's one of the biggest centers in the world. Let's get him. And they turned the truck in my direction and they put the pedal on the metal. And it, right before they got ready to hit me, Christ pushed me out of the way and he took the hit for me. And so when I think about you know, this being a personal, you know, I, I look at the fact that Jesus took the hit that I should have uh, taken. And, and, and because of that, you know, I have uh, not only eternal life, but I have an abundant life now. That's good. That's really, really good. Jesus taking the hit for Bill Glaze and for Kath and me and Mike. But Bill, here's the, the thing. I mean, I love that, that you've made it so deeply personal. That Christ, the flesh and blood, the man, God, hangs on the cross and he took right. that. And of course he changed your life and my life in the universe, but still right. I continue to sin still. And mm. I know he's died for me a million times. He's died for me, but I'm still sinning. Right. right. Well, you know, sadly, you know, we have to deal with this, this flesh and, and this flesh, there's, there's that propensity, you know, to, to do things that are not pleasing to God. But I, I like what Paul said uh, in, in the book of Philippians. He said that I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize mm. of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And so, you know, as I look at that, you know, what that tells me is that, that Paul didn't get it perfect, but, you know, he was aiming for the bullseye every time. That when he, you know, would sin, uh, and he said that he was the chief of sinners, uh, and, but he was still pressing uh, through Christ. And, you know, when you think about uh, the fact that that we that we sin and, and we fall, you know, Jesus uh, covers, you know, our sin. And so even when we come up short and, you know, that's you know, that, that's why, you know, it frustrates me sometimes, you know, when I do things that are not pleasing to God and I just, you know, I, I get upset. And, and but I thank God that uh, if I confess my sin, that he is faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And so, yeah, uh, John, I do uh, sin. And I, it, it's, it's good to know that I can go to God in confession. And, you know, when I think about 1 John 1, 9, and I think about the confession there, you know, what that confession in 1 John 1, 9 is, is for fellowship. See, my sins have already been covered under the blood of Christ. And if you go back and read 1 John, the whole chapter talks about fellowship. And so when I do sin, I get out of fellowship with God, and when I confess it, the blood of Jesus Christ 
not only cleanses me to forgive me for my sin, but it cleanses me so that I can have a relationship with God. I often use this illustration that if me and my son were out uh, throwing a baseball and we were just having a great time of fellowship, just throwing the ball back and forth, and my son, he dropped the ball, and he got mad, and he just threw the ball uh, anyway, and it broke the neighbor's window, right? Well, at that point, we can't continue to throw the ball back and forth because now there's been a violation, and we got to stop, and we got to address mm-hmm. that violation. And, you know, we got to go talk to the neighbor. Well, you know, we really got to talk about rest- uh, restitution. And then, you know, once we take care of all that, then what can we do? We can get back to throwing the ball back and forth. And so when we sin, our fellowship with God is broken. But when we confess it, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from our sin and restores us to fellowship with God. Seriously, that is such a helpful metaphor for that. I really appreciate that because it makes it, you know, oftentimes, especially when you're talking to someone who's not a believer, they say, well, what's the big deal? I mean, God, if God's God and God's good and you sin, then you, he should just be able to say, don't worry about it. Right, right. Yeah, you know, that's true. And, you know, and, and, and Paul actually dealt with that because in the book of Romans, uh, there were people saying, well, hey, if God has given us grace, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Let's keep on sinning, because right. the, the more we sin, the more grace that we're going to get. And, and, and Paul said, God forbid, how shall we that you know, have been saved, how shall we uh, who have been forgiven, how shall we continue in sin? And, and, and my thing always is, if, if we love the Lord, you know, we should not want to abuse his grace. You know, we should not want to abuse uh, the blood of Christ. But if we love the Lord— it should be a more precious thing to us mm-hmm. and that we should cherish that and, yeah. and, and we should appreciate it and not want to say, well, hey, you know, let me do wrong. If I'm, you know, hey, I'm going to be forgiven anyway. Let me go ahead and do wrong. Well, you know, I, I, I question, you know, your heart, you know, uh, you know I, I question, you know, if, if you really are in relationship with God, if that's the attitude that you want to take because you're forgiven, you might as well go ahead and sin more because the grace of God is going to cover you. I think that that's the wrong attitude to take, you know, towards, you know, the goodness and grace of God. That's dangerous. Yeah. Reverend Bill Glaze, Bethany Baptist Church in Homewood. Uh, Bill, we just have a couple minutes left. Uh, I want to go back to the subject we were talking about before you came on the air, like we always like to do with you. Okay, so if you okay. had to see a therapist, would you go to an artificial intelligence therapist, yes or no? No, I wouldn't go. Uh you know, I, 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 I think there's something about the, the personal element uh, of, of sitting before uh, someone who has experienced, you know, and, and even going back to the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the death of Christ, it says that he, he tasted death for all men. And so, you know, he, he was able to identify with me, mm. you know, in what he did. So, you know, to me, that computer uh, hasn't tasted, you know, what I've tasted. It, it, it might be programmed. You know, that if I go in and I say I confess that I overate, well, you know, in the computer, you know, it might say, okay, well, let's here, here goes something for people who overeat. This is how we're going to respond. And, it's you know, and, and again, it's computer, robotic. You know, I need somebody that's going to feel my heart. I need somebody that's going to feel where I'm coming from and just not, you know, spit, spit off intellectual answers. So uh, personally, no, I wouldn't go to a, uh, a, a computer for counseling. Well, to me, Bill, I'd just say the jury's still out. I mean, because I like to sit down and go, Alexa, I'm afraid of birds. Help me. (laughs) 
and then see what happens. I mean, yeah. you never know. Yeah, really. well, that's one thing if you want to do it as like some kind of interesting survey. But if you're desperately afraid of birds and you actually don't want to be, then the last person you want to help you is Alexa. I don't know. But Bill's point's well made. I mean, you know, yeah, because uh, it's a it's a computer, so it hasn't lived the life experience right. that we are currently suffering through. There's a lot to be said for right. humanity. Yeah. Hey, Bill, I got to okay, say okay, that John okay. just said John just said you made a good point, but he never said I did. No, I'm sorry. Oh, OK. Can, can I give this quick illustration? Yeah, uh, that that uh, a little girl was was uh, afraid to go to sleep one night and uh, her dad went in the room and he said, it's going to be all right. He said, I'm going to leave you here and Jesus will be with you. And the little girl said, Dad, it's good to know that Jesus is going to be with me, but I need a Jesus with some skin on him. And so, you know, when you when you think about uh, what she was saying, you know, Dad, I need you to I need you to stay because uh, I can touch you and I can feel you. Uh, and, and, and even though Jesus is good, you know, it's good to know he's here. I just need some Jesus with skin on him. So, uh, I need, I I, I need a counselor with skin on him. That's that's (laughs) okay. Good. I like it. That's Bill Glaze looking for a counselor with skin on Bill. You always give us a little pearl of wisdom. We always appreciate your time with us. Thank you, friend. All right. You guys have a blessed, uh, resurrection weekend. Yeah. You too, Bill. Pastor Bill Glaze, Bethany Baptist Church here in the city of Pittsburgh. Take a break. Come back. We still got some uh, time. So stay with us. This Easter, meet the girl everyone is talking about. You saw God and then brought a dead bird back to life. No, I did. God did. Sir, do you think you can help me walk again? Did you say a prayer for me? The girl who believes in miracles. It's impossible. I thought he was never supposed to walk again. He wasn't. It was Sarah. Sometimes a little faith is all you need to change the world. Mom, it really was God. The Girl Who Believes in Miracles. From Mustard Seed Production. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggests in theaters this Friday. Right now, there are more starving people on Earth than ever before. Drought, hurricanes, a global pandemic. All have led to millions of people who were once hungry, now living on the edge of starvation. People on the brink of starvation going from 135 million to 270 million people around. So where is the hope? The hope comes through you. You bring hope in the midst of hopelessness. Today, you can make sure a child has the life-saving food she needs to thrive during these difficult times. Through Food for the Poor, $37 gives six months of life-saving food. So how many children can you rescue? Dial pound 250 and say, I want to give. On your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, I want to give. When you give food, you give hope and life. Dial pound 250 and say, I want to give. It only takes a moment to rescue a child. On your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, I want to give. Or click the Food for the Poor banner at wordfm.com. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. 
Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life & Legacy show, you will find it archived at secularlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life & Legacy show. You could win $12,000 towards a new vehicle for you and another $12,000 for a hometown hero. When you enter the Kindness Challenge, go to wordfm.com to enter the Kindness Challenge today. That's wordfm.com. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight will turn out clear, breezy, and colder. Limited outdoor activity is recommended. We'll see a low of 22. Tomorrow will be brisk and cold with sunshine and a few clouds. Tomorrow will reach a high of 41. Tomorrow night, clear and cold. Temperatures approaching the record of 21 last reached in 1965. We'll see a low of 23. Saturday, sunshine and clouds, the high 54. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Monday, Thursday edition of the Ride Home. So you're kind of thinking, well, what does this mean, Monday, Thursday? Where are we, you know, in the whole Passion Week? Everyone who's joined us so far has talked about the Passion. So Monday, Thursday, let's uh, go back to the Bible and hear in God's own words what exactly happened on this date some 2,000-plus years ago. We're going to read now, uh, Kath, from John 13, 1 through 38, all right? It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master's, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I am not referring to all of you. I know those I have chosen, but this is to fulfill this passage of scripture, quote, 
he who shared my bread has turned against me. I'm telling you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. Very truly, I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me, and whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, Very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another at a loss to know which of them he meant. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and said, Ask him which one he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then, dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered him. So Jesus told him, What you are about to do, do quickly. But no one at the meal understood why Jesus said this to him. Since Judas had charge of the money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the festival or to give something to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out, and it was night. When he was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And then Jesus answered, will you, really lay down, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And so, that sets the stage for what is about to happen this evening. Jesus goes to pray in the garden. He is disowned, as Jesus said he would be. Fight breaks out. Someone loses an ear. Jesus performs a miracle. Jesus is taken away to prison, where he's beaten and beaten and mocked and beaten some more. The crown of thorns are put on Jesus' head. And then, Good Friday is upon us. WORD. In light of the upcoming holiday, Insight for Living will set aside several days to celebrate the miracle of Easter. One final announcement together He is risen. Again, He is risen. Join the global congregation of Christians celebrating our risen Lord. Be listening right here to Insight for Living with Chuck Swindoll. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD.
It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement, offer valid through June 30th. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That is windowsruspittsburgh.com. Cleanliness and safety are essential to the success of any business. That's why Cintas has introduced our Total Clean program, a one-of-a-kind service that includes scheduled deliveries of essential cleaning supplies, hygienically cleaned uniforms, and on-site sanitizer and disinfectant services to help eliminate germs. Learn what the Cintas Total Clean program can do for you. Visit Cintas.com and get ready for the workday. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at SurroundPittsburgh.com surroundpittsburgh.com connecting you with new customers for cancer patients being a survivor doesn't begin at remission it begins at diagnosis word fm presents survivor stories stories of hope of faith and courage in the words of patients and caregivers who are living through cancer together share your story at wordfm.com survivor stories sponsored in part by Young Adult Survivors United and Gasky and Associates. Details at wordfm.com. So gender reveal parties. The sex that you are at birth. What are you going to have? Oh, you're going to have a little girl. Oh, you can have a little boy. That is light years away from the gender you assign yourself. A lot of people have been doing this later on in life. Here to talk to us about that and a case that's been winding its way through the courts across the United States is Dr. Carl Truman from Grove City College. Dr. Truman is the author of a new book called The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to the Sexual Revolution. Dr. Truman, welcome. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, John. Always happy to have you, Carl. Um, okay, so this uh, court case is not um, probably on the top of everyone's mind. Meriwether v. Hartop um, decided last week by the U.S. Uh, Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, let's talk about the case. Um, you know, it, it's specific to a college campus, but you know, we we can certainly see that the issues apply other places. So, can you give us the outline of it? Yeah, it's it, it, it's. It relates to 
uh, a series of actions taken by the administration at Shawnee State University relative to one of its professors, uh, Professor Nicholas Merriweather. He's a philosophy press professor. He's also a devout Christian, and he had uh, in one of his classes a student who is biologically male but identifies as female. And he was required by his administration uh, to use the uh, pronouns of choice that the student demanded of him, even though that contradicted his own philosophical and religious views. And interestingly enough, even though Professor Merriweather attempted to, to offer a number of compromise positions to accommodate uh, the students and the students' concerns, all were turned down by the administration. And finally, he was subject to an investigation where he was not even allowed to call any witnesses in his own defense. Well, I think rightly he decided to take legal action on this, and this court, uh, this case made its way up to the Sixth Court of Appeal, and thankfully the Sixth Circuit has decided in his favor on the grounds that First Amendment uh, rights apply in the classroom, uh, which is, I think, an important uh, judgment in the pronoun wars, but also an important judgment relative to uh, academic freedom and sending a message to academic administration. So it's it's a good result all round, I think. Right. Okay. So, Cardinal, you could speak to this very clearly. Uh, you know, you've taught in classrooms for many a year. So, what would that be like? I, you know, you put yourself into the to the um, the aggrieved position, I should say. And um, you know, what I love about this is they talk about this professor using something called the Socratic method to address his students, which is, you know, your proper Mr. Hall or Ms. Emmons. And by doing that, you confer a, a bit of dignity and perhaps some, some energy into, into the, into the uh, proceedings. But then all of a sudden you say, you know, you, you, uh, you know, use this phrase, I'm going to misgender someone. And you, you call yourself a female when in fact you, you are a biological male. Now, by doing that, the aggrieved says, you know, by misgendering me, you've created shame within me and you've, you know, given me less than uh, the status that I deserve. That's a problem. And I, I would want you to stop that and see me as the person who I am. And there's the big gulf, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's part, part of the, the problem here is, of course, is to what extent does the individual have the right to demand that of somebody else? One can easily imagine a situation in the classroom where a professor accidentally misgenders uh, somebody and, and finds themselves on the receiving end of a disciplinary suit, even where there's been no intention lying behind the, uh, the action at all. I think, though, on the whole, we, what this points to and what you're pointing to in, in the way you framed it, the question, John, is we're heading to a situation of real chaos here because if every person has the right to demand that other people conform to the form of address that they wish to have, uh, we're going to end up with complete anarchy because there are people, and I've seen them, them interviewed, who will tell you that their gender changes day by day or will tell you that their gender does not actually fit the, the male-female binary but is some other confection that they've come up with. 
we're going to end up with a situation where it's it's virtually impossible to engage in any kind of social intercourse or dialogue with people for fear of causing uh, offence. Some of it, I think, as well, has to come down to, to teaching young people that, you know, just having somebody refer to you in a way that you don't like does not actually destroy you as a person. It does not actually do that much harm to you. So I think there are a whole host of, of things at play here, all of which need to be addressed. Uh, and very few people, it seems, are actually willing to, to stand up and, and address these matters. Dr. Carl Truman is with us, Department of Biblical and Religious Studies at Grove City College. Uh, he's the author, as I've been showing you the book, I'll hold it up again, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Revolution. Um, okay, Carl, so here's the question, I think, when it comes to the average person, um, is that uh, how much of the culture war do you want to fight in an interpersonal basis? You know, like theoretically... I very much agree with you. I appreciate I appreciated something you said very early in your article in First Things. Um, you were talking about Professor Merriweather, and you said Professor Merriweather is a devout Christian and therefore believes that reality is more than a linguistic or psychological construct. I think that's a very important point. Um, however, when you're when you're dealing with a person one on one, whether it's someone in your in your church, maybe one of your neighbors, um, in your school, wherever. I mean, there is also an element of I want to extend grace and kindness to someone, especially someone who has yet to believe. So how do you? I'm not sure how how split the difference right? How to split the is it a, it is is it a splitting of the difference? How do you how do you respond? Well, interesting enough, I think that uh, Professor Merriweather offered something that. I thought about myself, actually, if ever I was faced with this kind of situation. Professor Merriweather had said, look, he'd be willing to use the uh, chosen or the preferred pronouns of the student if he could actually have uh, a disclaimer in his syllabus to say that he was doing this as a gracious courtesy to this person, but didn't actually subscribe to the theory of gender which lay behind it. And I think that kind of thing is, I would say, a very, very reasonable compromise position where you're attempting to to keep a conversation going. I could imagine a situation as a pastor where when I was pastor, if if somebody had come to me with a severe gender dysphoric condition, I could imagine saying to them, well, I'm willing to use your preferred name. I'm willing to use your preferred pronouns. You need to understand that that's not because I agree with the philosophical position that those rest on. It's because I care for you and I appreciate you as a person and I want to respect you as a person and continue the discussion we're having. Of course, what happened at Shawnee State was the the student uh, and the administration uh, rejected that as, as an option. And that seems to me to indicate that we're not really dealing here with two parties trying to find common ground where the concerns of both sides can be respected. We're in a position where one side is determined to press its position unconditionally on the other. Merriweather offers a compromise. The administration never did. And that's, a, that's one of the, the sort of the poker tells in this mm-hmm. situation, I think. 
And Carl, I'm sure, you know, especially, you know, in a public institution of higher learning, uh, not doing that or doing that before you have received a tenured position would essentially be career suicide. I mean, if you're going to say, I'll meet you halfway, well, that's not going to be good enough. It, it has to be all or we'll just dismiss you outright. Yes, I mean, the pressure to conform is huge. As a, at any institution, I think when the administration take a certain position, it's hard for professors to stand against it, even if you have tenure. Tenure does not unconditionally protect you from being disposed of by the administration. So uh, Merriweather took a very courageous position uh, here, and it's good that the court have supported him. Uh, whether he will ever be able to return to the classroom at Shawnee State, of course, is, a, is another matter because uh, one can only imagine how toxic and poisoned the atmosphere there now is with respect to him. But, you know, Carl, in, in your piece in First Things, where you wrote about this in depth, you said that, you know, the aggrieved, the, uh, the Jane Doe or the John Doe person who had brought the suit was an active, engaged, one of the top students in the class. So even though there was this animosity about, you know, he, she, or whatever, there was still a, a great intellectual uh, exchange happening between teacher and student. Yes, there's no evidence that other than the, the pronouns, as far, I mean, all I know is the, is the court uh, judgment that I've read, but the court judgment seems to make it clear that there's no evidence that Merriweather was at all prejudiced against Doe as a person. Uh, it was simply the match of the pronouns that was the issue because Doe, by all accounts, did very well in, in, in the class. So, uh, you know, Merriweather does come across as a very decent, upright, and straightforward person. The administration come out of this terribly. They flip-flop on the reasons why mm -hmm. he do this, and it really does look as if they were out to get him because of his Christian faith. That's the impression anyway when you read uh, the judgment. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the, that's the risk you run whenever we are outside of that interpersonal relationship, right? Is that all of a sudden pe other people who aren't involved weigh in and do this and do that. And all of a sudden it becomes, you know, a much bigger, you know, issue than maybe it was at the start. Carl, thanks for being with us today. I always appreciate you being on because you're able to talk about larger cultural trends and your specific viewpoint on them while never, you know, forgetting that this is also in large part an interpersonal thing between one and another. So thanks for that, Carl. Thanks for having me on. Our pleasure. Dr. Carl Truman from Grove City College, his brand new book, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. We'll step away. Uh, we're headed to the home stretch, but stay with us. We've got more here. Did you know that you can have a financial plan that reflects your Christian values? Your values are important. When it comes to planning your financial goals, you want an advisor who understands your Christian worldview. Ameriprise Financial Advisor Doug Komen with Gaskian Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. As a certified kingdom advisor, Doug offers financial planning based on biblical principles. Whether you want to provide for your loved ones, support the causes you care about, or save for the future, he can help you plan for your goals in a way that is consistent with your faith. The team at Gaskian Associates have been building client relationships with integrity 
integrity and trust for over 23 years. And thanks to Doug's dedication to the faith-based community as a certified kingdom advisor, he'll strive to follow your biblical principles as you plan your financial journey. Call Doug Komen today at 724-337-4410, 724-337-4410, or via email at douglas.komen at ampf.com. Ameriprise Financial provides financial services without regard to religious affiliation or cultural background. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. We are singing. It is a prayer from the Passover meal, the Seder. We're asking God to make peace on earth just like there's peace in his heaven. Shalom. Hi, I'm Abraham Sandler, congregational leader of Rock of Ages Messianic Jewish Congregation. I'm here to invite you to our Passover Seder. Jewish or Gentile, follower of Jesus or not, everybody is welcome. At the Seder, we remember how God saved us from slavery long ago, and we ask him for his peace as we deal with today's troubled world. Join us and see how the many traditions of the Passover table point to the Lamb who is our peace, Yeshua, Jesus. All are welcome. There is no charge to join us on Saturday, April 3rd. More information at rockofagesmjc.org. That's rockofagesmjc.org. Whether it's offering curbside or next-day delivery for online orders on over 160,000 parts or getting involved in their local communities, when it comes to serving you, Napa's Motor never quits. That's Napa know-how. It's easy and profitable to be kind to others when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Each day for 30 days, we'll post a new act of kindness you can do for others. On May 3rd, you could win $12,000 towards a new vehicle for you and another $12,000 for a hometown hero. See terms and conditions for complete details. You can make a difference in others' lives when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Share your kindness with others. Enter today at wordfm.com. Getting a flu shot helps us stay healthy so we don't miss out on what matters. Like celebrating Grandma's 50th wedding anniversary with close family. (laughs) Yeah, can't do that. Every year, millions of people in the U.S. get the flu, especially now. No one has time to miss out on moments that matter. So get your flu shot. Find out more at GetMyFluShot.org. Brought to you by the AMA, CDC, and the Ad Council. Hey, thanks for being with us for the Monday, Thursday, Monday, Thursday edition of The Ride Home. You know, um, th- these days, these Holy Week days, I know for a lot of people, you know, it's, it's an unusual thing. I think a lot of faith traditions don't spend a lot of time talking about Easter week, you know, especially, you know, from Palm Sunday. We, we do Palm Sunday in the church, and then we move pretty much to Good Friday, or then we jump into Easter. But it's so rich and so thick, the journey that happens to Jesus. And of course, because it's happening to Jesus in many ways, it informs us. And if we choose to engage in a deeper level with these days that are before us here right now, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, I guarantee you that, you know, on Easter, it has a much deeper impact on Christ's resurrection, on Christ's exit from the tomb. So let me take this for a second. Can I uh, just take a minute here and, and let's pray. Let's just pray as we end this show and we set our sights on Good Friday. Father God, we, we thank you for this time here together in this broadcast ministry. For all the people who are, are with us together right now, who are part of us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your connectivity, for your community, for your grace, for your forgiveness. For God... As we think about you in the garden and the deep fear that was on you, 
and then the courage that it took to move forward to your certain death. Thank you for that model, Lord, because we know that it, as we breathe and as our hearts beat, that we too will die. And at some point in the appointed future, as you have risen from the dead, you will call us from the grave as well. And so that is the great encouragement, Lord, as you took the nails for us, the nails through the hands, the nails through the feet, to suffer and die on the cross, and then to take that last breath to be in heaven. That, Lord, that model, we are grateful for that. So thank you for who you are as our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. Have yourself a great night. We'll see you tomorrow for Good Friday. Peace be with you. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.